Hey y'all, it's your favorite host, and I wanted to just pop in here to say, uh, if you're enjoying the show uh, and you'd like to give us some support, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Uh, I've launched the Patreon with a couple of tiers. There's a $3 tier, which gives you access to the Discord, and you come hang out with uh, me and the other friends inside of that, uh, and just kind of talk the show, talk a bunch of different nerd stuff. And then there is a, another tier, an $8 tier, uh, where you can get early access to episodes ad-free. Um, you will also get free access to all uh, micro-RPGs that I create in the future. Yeah, so again, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you'd like to give additional support, that's one way to do it. Another great way to do it is just, you know, go on to whatever platform you're listening to and rate the podcast, subscribe, uh, follow, leave a review if you can. Um, those things really help gain visibility for the show, and it is always greatly appreciated. Link is in the description. Thank you so much, and back to the episode. Welcome to the Secret Nerd Podcast, where we think everyone should play tabletop RPGs and give you some reasons why. Tonight's episode is a very cool one. I have with me today a guest who does a lot of uh, Call of Cthulhu, among a bunch of other things. Um, one, the DM for Spot Hidden with me tonight, um, as well as some other podcasts, if you would like to introduce yourself. Hello, hello. My name is London Carlisle. As mentioned, I am the Game Master of Spot Hidden. Um, I play a lot of other places, too. Uh, besides that, I'm also an actor and just general black nerd that's me yeah uh that's my life and th that's that's what i like to do so yeah that's me hell yeah so speaking of being a black nerd there at least weren't very many of us in the spotlight so what is it uh what was that journey like for you like when did that start um it started it started on a on a cold and windy morning, hmm. January 11th, 1997, when I was screaming into the world. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's always been a part of uh, of me, honestly. Yeah. Um, I, I grew up with comic books. I okay. grew up with cartoons. Um, and I've just always been a fan of many different things. Uh, so uh, as far as like nerd culture, um, it's something very close to my heart and something that's yeah, like it's you, you can't really subtract that from 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 me. Um, whether it's, yeah. you know, TTRPGs or whether it's uh, movies, TV, I, I love the whole gamut of it. Yeah. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Alabama. Okay. I am a Southern boy through and through. Nice. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, born and raised in the South. I'm currently coming at you live from Atlanta right now. Yeah. Um, so uh, I live in New York uh, and I spend most of my time there, but I'm doing a play in Atlanta. So I'm back home for a little bit. Just uh I'm just enjoying that Southern hospitality. That's awesome. Yeah, I, would, I definitely want to get into the play. Um, but, you know, growing up in Alabama, uh, you know, and being a nerd and, and enjoying those things, is that something that you were able to just do? Or did you feel like, you know, um, I guess where you grew up, was that something that was still kind of like, ah, oh, you know, you're a nerd and you get picked on, bully, that kind of thing? Um, yeah. So, I mean, bullying was definitely a, a thing for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it, 
it never deterred me. Yeah. Um, I was able to find, um, you know, communities at my school, uh, no matter how small and just always people to talk to. Yeah. Uh, I'm the kind of person that will, <laughs> um, that will can try to talk to anybody just about anything. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, depending on what the current fandom of the time was, uh, whether it was my Dragon Ball Z obsession back in the day yeah. or, um, the latest manga I was reading, I would always try to find someone that I could talk to about that. Yeah. And if not, I would try to convert them. (laughs) That's the key, man. Yeah, it's kind of funny now, like looking at the world, you know, when I was a kid, I remember, you know, being into Dragon Ball Z and stuff and then getting into high school. um, I'm about 10 years older than you or so. And uh, getting into high school, it was like, you know, you kind of stopped talking about that stuff. At least I did, you know, and a lot of my friends or we just only talk about it with each other. Right. And now, like I, I got to a point where I was lifting a lot. And you see all these people that are like at the gym or, or you know, uh, uh, like an IG uh, influencer or whatever. And it's like mm-hmm. DBZ is like that's their goal body. You know what I mean? Like that's who they want to be. And yeah. like that's – they all have the shirts and everything. And I'm like this is so weird how this like – you have these transitions of, of culture. You know what I mean? And um, I was talking to another guest about like how Marvel now is just, you know, ubiquitous with cool. Like it's – that's what it is. You know? And, yeah. Uh, everybody's a part of that you know, Marvel thing now. So it's just such a, a wild transition for a lot of this stuff. For sure. I mean, that just brought back like a memory I guess had buried, but I used to carry around this, uh, it was like this X-Men encyclopedia yeah, yeah. in fifth grade. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I would take it every day as yeah. if I hadn't had it memorized. Right, yeah. Uh, but people after a while were just like, are you, you know, yeah. what's the deal with you in this book? Yeah. But now it's, it's, it's common, you know, everybody loves Marvel and I'm all those, all those heroes and everything. So I'm, I'm glad it's shifting, but it's interesting. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And you know, where you grew up, was there a lot of other black folks there or were you, was that kind of, I mean, Alabama's so, you know, you can have it one way or the other. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the community I grew up in, um, pretty much, uh, split black and white, um, kind of right down the middle there. Okay. Um, but still there was a lot of, uh, still a lot of separation between the races. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would say in a lot of ways, um, with just different groups. Yeah. Uh, so navigating that was something, you know, that also uh, was conscious of, you yeah. know, my entire life as well. Yeah. yeah. Did that change when you went to college or, cause I think you, you stayed in the South, right? I did. Yeah. 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 I went to Auburn university. Yeah. Um, and actually the percentage of black folks at, at that university, again, smaller than at my high school. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely, um, definitely a, a challenging experience to navigate, um, you know, as, as a, as a black person, um, uh, and just, just those, those dynamics and the legacy of, you know, what that comes from and, and, you know, where that's headed. I think it's so funny too, when you look at, you know, especially big colleges in the South or just areas in the South where it's like, you know, you're in Texas, you're a Dallas Cowboys Mm -hmm. fan, right? You, you love Dak Prescott, you love Zeke, but you also hate black people. Outside of football, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And, you know, when you have the SEC, you have all these teams, Auburn, Alabama, and it's like these people by the tens of thousands go watch them play and then walk off the field and it's like back to normal, you know, and it's such a wild, like, yeah, it the is, mental you gymnastics know, you have to do to, to put yourself through that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, it's, it's just interesting, like, you know, um, what the powers that be will define as acceptable mm-hmm. um, for a black person to, to behave in a certain way, yeah. or, you know what, you should, uh, you're only a value in this sort of sports context. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I'm sure it was the same for you. I oh, mean, yeah. I don't want to, you know, generalize, yeah. but like, you know, uh, growing up like, oh, do you play ball is yeah. the first question yeah. that would be asked. <laughs> and I'm so trash at basketball. Like I'm just terrible. I should never even get on a, on a court. And yeah. And, but people always assume they're just like, oh yeah, I bet you he's, I bet you he can dunk. <laughs> yeah. When I'm just like, what about blitz ball from Final Fantasy? You know, <laughs> yeah. like. But that's that's another story. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. So that's cool, though. But so you know, talking about that, like the expectations, um, especially like you know, with being a nerd and everything else, and then uh, I imagine at some point drama came into that, right? Because you're an actor. So yeah. um, you know, did you face expectations from kind of both sides of uh, you know of white and black, and and you know how they expect you to be and and represent your community? I guess. Yeah, I, I would I would definitely say so, um, especially like when it comes to um, you mentioned like the whole drama thing. Yeah. Uh, in my Alabama community, I was one of the few black folks in 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 drama in in the town. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's almost like there was like a connotation with that of oh, from some of the from some of the black folks. Oh, this this is a white thing. Yeah. You know, it mm. was viewed in that sort of way. Uh, so navigating that was strange as if that diminished my blackness yeah, or something yeah, yeah. because i was into the drama mm-hmm. um but also the uh from from the other side oh you're not good at basketball oh well okay well uh, what, about, what about your music taste oh the beatles oh that's not that's not a black thing you're yeah. these boxes are so <laughs> yeah traumatizing yeah uh, just to, to put it to put a name to it mm-hmm. yeah yeah it um it definitely affects you you know and um yeah, I'm curious, like, you know, at what point do you feel like you kind of worked past a lot of that stuff? Yeah. So um, the way that I worked past it is just through acceptance yeah. of self. Of yourself, by realizing, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, no one group is a monolith. Yeah. Black people are not monoliths. Mm-hmm. And choosing to like a certain thing, choosing to carry myself in a certain way, um, choosing to express myself in a certain way doesn't make me any less of a black male. Yeah. Any less of a black person. Um, and that's something that I just, I keep with me, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm proud of who I am and I'm proud of the way that I walk through the world and, you know, other people's expectations of that or the way that people try to police that mm-hmm. and try to dictate how to behave. I just try to block out that noise. Yeah. I just, I just do me. Yeah. Where I grew up, it was, a, it was a very, very low black population. And I remember I got to a mm. certain point where people like, you know, almost as a defense mechanism, I kind of just would let a lot of shit go, right? Because otherwise I'd be fighting all the time. And um, yeah, I, there was a certain point when I got to like somebody telling me like, oh, you're supposed to be this way when I was just like, I'm black. Like whatever I do is black culture. So, you know, you yeah. can just take that shit and run away with it because this is who I am. You know what I mean? You can't tell me who the fuck I'm supposed to be. So like it was such a wild, yeah, but people yeah. just, uh, I mean, so many people will really just push that stuff. And um, the great thing, obviously, when you become an adult, do you, you see less of it, right? Because I think people understand or, or they're willing to probably back off of it a little bit. And also you mm-hmm. curate who you're around. So that helps. Yes. I was about to say that. Yeah. yeah. Your circle, you know what I mean? Um, and, and curating that, that's the perfect word for that is, is, is very important for like, you know, your mental health. Yeah. Um, it, it reminds, okay. So uh, it's like the, the universal, uh, the universal sort of rule, you know, you are what you eat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You are who you surround yourself yeah. with. You know, whatever you take in, that's what you're gonna produce, or that's who you are. Yeah. And it's funny the uh, the funkadelic shirt that I'm wearing yeah. right now. The the back of it says uh, it says 
free your mind and your ass will follow, which I think is the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I like yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, that's cool, man. And then, um, you know, and so speaking of like, quote unquote, white people stuff, when did you get into TTRPGs from that point? Because yeah, a lot of people, so- especially in the South, I know that's the way they look at that. Oh, yeah. And also, yeah, growing up, um, I just want to deviate from that for a second, the way yeah. you mentioned, like, just the South. Uh, right, growing up in, like, like a religious, like a, a oh, Christian, yeah. mm-hmm. um, like, household, and D&D, that's not, like, really something that mixes, especially <laughs> yeah. with that, that culture in, in the South. Um, but, yeah, that's another thing I had yeah. to navigate. No, yeah, for um, sure. <laughs> uh, I came into TTRPGs a couple of years ago. It was it was 2018. It was in the summer. Okay. Um just still in my college town, yeah. not much to do, was invited by a friend that I knew from our theater department at Auburn um, who just wanted to play a game. Yeah. So I, I jumped into a D&D game, okay. and it was it was fun. The gateway drug, d and yeah, yeah, it was a gateway <laughs> drug, yeah, for sure. But that's the thing. I never, it, never really, it never really caught on for me. It yeah. was like a one-and-done thing, mm-hmm. and that was it for years. Yeah. I really came into this space and really, uh, really crafted my love for it um, during the quarantine, 2020. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's where I really sort of dived in and used not just D&D, but other games, um, mm-hmm. Prime among them, Call, Call of Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah, yeah to uh, sort of just bring my friends together yeah. and really reach out to these people that I hadn't talked to in a while, people that I really wanted to engage with through these games. So. I didn't know anybody that played Call of Cthulhu, so I, I learned it and, <laughs> yeah. and and decided to run it myself. Yeah. So uh, so that was you. You were the the proponent for that of getting your friends together and like you know let's get this game going. Oh yeah, yeah. Because after college, I mean, I pretty much immediately up and moved to New York. I didn't really know anybody there. Yeah. Uh, just packed two suitcases and made the haul. Yeah. So I, it was kind of a lonely experience doing that and then being caught within quarantine yeah you know what i mean for sure so far away from my friends from my family just pretty much alone mm-hmm. um but that was that was something that i i used to sort of to sort of navigate that and i think it was a very positive uh thing yeah so being one and done after D, like what brought you back into ttrpgs to even do that in the first place like why use yeah. that as your um mm. accelerant if you will yeah um so I, I've, I I love the openness of, of TTRPGs. I love how it's it's basically an improv thing of like yes and and yeah. how there aren't those those limits that are on something like a video game. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Where there's only so much you can do. Yeah. With TTRPGs, obviously you can go anywhere with that, and that's the main thing that uh, attracted me because being stuck in a tiny New York apartment, mm-hmm. you just want to get out. You want to go to these other places. You really want to take your mind off of this, especially being in sort of a, a kind of like a, a COVID epicenter mm-hmm. um, as I was and just stuck there in my own head. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of, of those times when, you know, even if it was a one and done thing, we were able to do what we wanted. We were able to go to somewhere else and I wanted to recapture that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just, I kind of put it together. Yeah. Um, just to touch on that real quick, you know, uh, I talked to, uh, in a, episode with one of my friends about that very thing of just like you know playing skyrim and like you can glitch it and climb a mountain but you know in a ttrpg it's like let's fucking climb the mountain you know if we ought to make a roll we'll make a roll um the other thing it reminded me of is i don't know um if you ever played zelda majora's mask 
for the 64. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So remember, you you could turn into that like aquatic creature, right? Mm-hmm. And you could swim. Yep. And I was like, this okay. is the coolest thing. You jump out like a dolphin, but you could only go like 30 feet into the water before it stopped mm-hmm. you. And it's like, man, like what a game it would be if you could just swim through an ocean. And you know what I mean? That's such a wild, but this is all those restrictions, which of course they have to have. I get it. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it really Also does. like the Spider-Man games, like where yeah. you swing out into the water, fall in, but no, automatically you pop right yeah. back <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, Peter Parker probably could swim. <laughs> he may not want to swim in the Hudson, yeah. but he is swim. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure with that mask on, it probably, it'd probably be like waterboarding or yeah. something. Yeah. You know, once he went <laughs> yeah. Inside, but, yeah. But but yeah. All those things, you know, and, and so, yeah, having that freedom to really do it, um, it's just such a cool thing. Like, and I, now I'm curious too, like what was the draw to Call of Cthulhu? Cause that's such a different game. You know what I mean? Very mm-hmm. popular game, but it's still such a different than the normal TTRPG. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was interested in just like the whole horror aspect of it and how that's there's something there, there's something so primal mm-hmm. about fear. Yeah, you know what I mean. And just playing with that whole thing with my friends just seemed like a seemed like a great thing. Yeah. Uh, I was first. I've, I've kind of known about Call of Cthulhu as long as I've known about D and D. Okay. Uh, so I, I knew it was always around, um, and I'd always read about it. Uh, but I really wanted to sort of, you know, play it for myself. Yeah. I even for years had just kind of been trying to find a way to get into it. Yeah. I even bought the the game, the, like the console video game to oh, try yeah, to get yeah. into mm-hmm. it, played that. Um, but re- really sort of like uh, wet my whistle for it was Chaosium has this uh, solo adventure called Alone Against the Flames. Oh, okay. Re- yeah, requires no game master. It's just you, and it's almost kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure type thing. Yeah. But it has all the rules baked in there. So okay. alone in quarantine, I put this <laughs> thing down. I did this, and I was like, this is something. Yeah. This is this is something. I'm kind of freaked out right now, Yeah, and I need my friends to experience this as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And was that like um, – I don't know the difference of them, but like – because you guys in Spot Hidden, you play mm-hmm. Colt Cthulhu, right? Oh, um, yeah. So uh, we use like Pulp Cthulhu pulp rules. Cthulhu. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Pulp yeah, yeah. Cthulhu. yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and a lot of people, you know, that I've seen, because I haven't played Call of Cthulhu yet, but it's like 1920s or whatever. And you're mm-hmm. just, you know, random people, poor and, and trying to survive and then deciding to go investigate some shit, which is... 100% of white people shit to go be like, we don't have anything. Let's go figure out what the hell this monster is. <laughs> like, yes. no. Yes. I'm going to stay home. Find some food yes. for my family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, to survive a lot of these things, it's not about, oh, let's see how deep we can dive in yeah, and yeah. figure out. No, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Like, that's, like, that's a perfect tactic, yeah. um, you know, and, and a valid one and probably the right one in a lot of these situations. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, you know what was the draw to Pulp Cthulhu versus that form of Cthulhu? Yeah, yeah. For our stream, we decided to use Pulp Cthulhu uh, because it makes the uh, makes the player characters a little bit beefier. Okay, it's basically like double HP. Okay. from your normal uh, Call of Cthulhu game. You also get a couple of uh, other little things, other little skill boosts, um, and archetypes that fit sort of Pulp Fiction archetypes. Okay. 
because H.P. Lovecraft wrote, uh, wrote wrote Pulp Fiction, yeah, uh, and it really tries to capture that whole um, almost like more heroic type yeah, yeah. angle to it, mm-hmm. um, where you're able to actually you know have a better chance at fighting some of these uh, mythos monsters and deities and such. So yeah, it, it seemed to be. Um, it seemed to work better for a stream, mm-hmm. um, so the characters didn't die in the first episode, and they could kind of last for maybe ten. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah. So, with the setting, was that like a homebrew of yours to do the setting and the time and everything? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, I, I don't know why I haven't talked about that yet. <laughs> um, I ran two. So, we ran two campaigns that I ran on Spot Hidden. The first was um, set in the Dark Ages, mm-hmm. about one thousand AD, yeah. which is obviously not the twenties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second is a uh, modern game set on a modern college campus. Yeah. Okay. Again. Yeah. Neither are like that classic thing. Yeah. Um, uh, but the reason that I picked those is as far as the Dark Ages ones, it was all about my players, my, my friends that I was playing with. They love historical settings. Okay. That go beyond that 1920s yeah, thing. Yeah. So that's all about, you know, finding something that they would find fun and that's just cool. really playing with that. Yeah. Yeah. And the modern setting, the reason that kind of chose that one is because back when Lovecraft was writing these things back in the 20s and the 30s, he wasn't making period horror. He wasn't right. making period fiction. It was modern. It was him, cutting yeah. edge. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So still trying to you know, take those creepy things and just put them in a modern context right. so we can kind of feel that same thing as I kind of went there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I was uh, talking to another guest um, and uh, another black guy, and he he lives in uh, Canada, in Montreal, and he he does documentaries and stuff. And we were talking about Call of Cthulhu and just like, you know, to like putting myself in the mindset of like playing a a, a black person because that's what I would do playing a black man in nineteen twenties. You know, that's already seems like such a like heavy load almost you know what i mean unless yeah. you kind of just like fully displace everything around that situation from the game which i mean i, th- I think you know could be could be done but it just seems like i don't know there's it's like are, are we fully immersing in this or are we taking the immersion out of it and we're just playing a game at this point you know what i mean yeah and i know so, exactly what yeah you mean. so that that was what something that like to me has always kind of stuck out from that setting um, I love the idea of playing Lovecrafting games. I really want to play Delta Green so, so bad. So, so yeah. bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's cool that you did a modern one, but that, that was kind of my thinking around the 1920s setting of it. Yeah, yeah. Another sort of, uh, yeah, I, I totally hear you with that. And another thing is just thinking about sort of the the progenitor of, of, this, yeah, of this game who it's right. inspired by. Another fucking loaded topic. Yeah. And... And honestly, Lovecraft is someone that I don't typically talk about a lot mm-hmm. because I don't want to make it about him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. At my table, this is my game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. This is about what scares me. This was about scares my friends. Yeah. And I see taking ownership of that and taking that agency for myself is as a wonderful act of rebellion against the hatred that this guy yeah. um spewed out into the world yeah for taking sure. that hatred um taking these taking these things uh these creations and using that to bring people together mm-hmm. you know yeah I'm, I'm trying to flip that I'm trying to flip that just 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 by playing the game yeah 
No, I, I, yeah, that's awesome, man. And I think, you know, I, I like what you said too about, you know, you did the setting, the, um, the dark ages setting, because that's what your players were into. Like that's so important as a, as a DM to not make it you like you said, it is your game. Yes. In the sense that you're going to run it. But I think what I understand too, that you're meaning, you know, we're here to have fun as a group. Right. And it's not just mm-hmm. like London's game. And if you guys don't like it, then you can either just be unhappy or get out. Like, it's like, no, like it's London's yeah, game, no, but really. London's here to make you have some fun. Like we're, we're all going to enjoy this experience together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's my game in the sense that I know you, you know me, yeah. and we have this re- relationship and, you know, um, it, it's, it's about playing a game. Yeah. Uh, and even, even, I mean, you could say things about like, I mean, I guess that period of time, right. but one thing is that, uh, a lot of the fiction that we get is totally whitewashed. Yeah. These places are a lot darker than people like to pretend yeah. that they aren't. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, that's that's another thing about it. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I, people forget often that the Moors, you know, crusade or not crusaded, but voyaged into England yeah. a long, long time ago. Um, but yeah. yeah so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, it's just such an awesome thing, man. And, and, you know, the whole setting, I'm still working on the first, um, you guys' first campaign of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just once I found out about it and I was like, okay, cool. And, you know, learned that you were running the game and I was like, all right, this is awesome because this whole, <laughs> you know, this whole thing is in, about showing representation in the TTRPG community. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, helping to spotlight people who represent different areas of it. And, you know, and I, the people that have been on the show have been so widely diverse. Um, even people from the same show, right. Uh, Mayday Roleplay, for instance, three different people, three completely different stories, three completely different interviews. And, and it's just such a fun experience to like, let people see, Hey, we're all out here having a good time. Um, yeah. And hopefully introduce people to new games, new shows, new things like that. So, um, you know, call it. I love was, Mayday Roleplay. Oh my god! Play. Yeah, me too. I love them so much. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, and you know, like I mentioned when I when I messaged you, you know, Allegra is the one that um, pointed me in your in your direction, and um, they're just so awesome. You know, yeah, and, yeah everybody. Allegra is awesome. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, <laughs> and I've I've had the I've had the opportunity to to run for the majority of them, run games for them. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they are some excellent role players and just some excellent people I consider friends of mine. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. If, you haven't, if you haven't checked them out, listeners, please check out Mayday <laughs> Roleplay. Please do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm very much on my Mayday Roleplay hill all the time. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> for sure. But, I, you know, I think it, it's such a cool thing. And, you know, one awesome thing about this whole revolution of, of TTRPG podcast, right, is that you have a lot of um, actors like yourself uh, like the people at Mayday Roleplay um, who are like, you know, using this craft to like, hey, I'm just going to come and improv and act with my friends and really get into it and, you know, express these emotions and hopefully make people feel stuff. And so, um, you know, I imagine that's probably a very cool aspect of being able to do this whole thing. Yeah, it's a great outlet, especially during a time when you aren't able to get on stage and, you know, gather where crowds aren't able to gather together. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone inside their rooms, on their computers can still get some entertainment and people that, you know, you know, thrive on on creating these stories and yeah. telling stories is also able to do that um, in, a, in this crazy freeform sort of way where yeah. we have agency over those stories as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool, man. And, and you know, when it comes to the acting stuff, like what is your, your favorite stuff to work on? Yeah. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big Shakespeare fan. Okay. I love Shakespeare things. Um, 
I, I love plays. I'm, I'm a big play person. Okay. I can't sing to save my life. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you give me give me a solid script, oh man, like yeah. I, I I just enjoy reading them. I have like a stack of plays that I brought with me that I need to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big reader as well. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, any sort of uh, play. August Wilson is a favorite of mine. Um, if you aren't familiar, he basically uh, he did he did a whole play for each decade of the last century. Okay. Each of them um, examines sort of a different uh, aspect of, of black life during that time. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I love August Wilson as well. Uh, even some more uh, modern playwrights such as Dominic Morisot um, is very good. Um, Jocelyn Biot. I, I, I've been reading so many um, just amazing, uh, amazing playwrights and, I, I, I love all I love all modern theater. Yeah. When did you know you were gonna start trying to act or acting actually? When are you when did you know you're gonna start acting? Yeah. Um so I started doing it in like junior high. We didn't have a theater department at our school. Okay. I, I tried to start one. Uh, that eventually got somewhere. Uh, <laughs> but, but um yeah, so it all started with like community theater, just like these little summer musicals. Mm. Um yeah, I know music. Hey, I, I still couldn't sing back then either. But yeah. hey, I needed to do something, man. <laughs> uh, so I tried. <laughs> but it, I caught the bug there um, and eventually just wanted to pursue it in college. And after college, is like a career. Um, and, you know, it's been two years out of college now. I'm just trying to really uh, just keep that going and uh, just... <laughs> just just do the thing you yeah. know so as a as a closet singer myself i'm gonna ask you now so do you <laughs> feel do you feel like you can't sing because you don't like your voice or you feel or you just know you can't like hold a note <laughs> i'm just super self-conscious okay. when it comes to singing All right. i mean I'll, I'll do it if i have to yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things for me that i'm just like oh no i yeah. have to sing and people are perceiving me yeah you know what i mean yeah <laughs> it's, so it's that's something that i have to work on yeah no I, I it's tough man it's hard to you know put yourself out there and do it and it's you know of course i've you know i've only acted once and i was a very small kid and you know whatever but um but that being said it's such a vulnerable thing to put yourself out there on a stage in front of people and similarly, singing is such a vulnerable thing to put yourself out there on stage and start singing in front of people, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and doing it in a way where your discomfort's not showing, right? Um, which I imagine mm-hmm. is the same as acting, and where your nerves aren't showing, and like when you're putting your emotion into it, you know what I mean, and really feeling it. Like that's it's so hard to do, right? I can go in my car and you know sing the hell out of Sam Smith, but. If you ask yeah. me to go sing in front of a park full of people, I'm be like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, I hear you. In, in my car, I am Taylor Allison Swift herself. I tell you. <laughs> but um, other than that, yeah, I get a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I hear you. No, that's cool though. Um, so, are you a fan of musicals? Then I am. Yeah, I do like musicals. Yeah. Uh, I. I'm not the biggest like musical like buff. I don't really know. Yeah, um, I don't either. So don't worry about it. Yeah. I'm not going to quiz you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but I was kidding. Hello, Dolly. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, we'll need uh, uh, Matthew Capitacasa from the Glass Cannon Project podcast to answer those questions. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, I was curious though about your opinions on Hamilton, and okay. I'll premise this by saying I've never seen the play. 
I'm familiar with the concept. I understand what the play's about and everything else around it. I, you know, but I'm just not, I'm not a big musical fan, so I've never watched it. But I am curious mm. about your opinion on Hamilton and, and kind of what it did yeah, and yeah. what it represents. I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've seen it. Yeah, and I was actually supposed to see it again on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday. Um, but obviously, I got booked on this gig now, so yeah. I'm unable to yeah. go. Uh, my girlfriend's going to see it, uh, I think, with her uncle or something. Anyway, nice, yeah. but uh, yes, Hamilton. I I know every word to Hamilton. Dang, okay. <laughs> I've examined it pretty well. And I would consider myself a fan of Hamilton. Yeah. The biggest thing I like about it is all of the influences that are sort of baked together in this thing. Mm -hmm. Lin-Manuel Miranda really did his homework on this. You can tell this is um, made by a fan, not of of just history, but of of hip-hop itself. I'm a big 90s hip-hop fan, and you'll find all of these like references to all of these – just things that the the mainstream musical theater crowd might not pick up on. Like yeah. you, you'll find bits of like you know Raekwon from the Wu Tang Clan, yeah. like uh, uh, woven in there. I'm talking like um, Big Pun in there with yeah. these you know um, multisyllabic you know rhymes that just just keep going and going and going. Yeah, and it's almost like each uh, like each character, each founding father in this play has their own sort of. Uh, style almost pattern off of somebody from back in the day, yeah. Um, which I really connected with, and I really, and I just really engaged with. Um, they have um, uh, Biggie's the Ten Crack Commandments in the show as the Ten Duel Commandments, which sort of lays out how duels worked back in the day. Yeah. Um, so like things just as explicit as that, and still down to minutia, yeah. um, which are uh, really cool in the show. So I, I, I love all of that first and foremost about it. Yeah. Um, it is probably obviously very problematic in that um, it's still a story about slave owners, about <laughs> white slave owners. Without, you know what I mean? Yeah, without really addressing the – the issue without talking about it yeah we're not really getting down <laughs> yeah. to that yeah. which is yeah uh, sort of a puzzling thing um and that does need to be talked about and you know and critiqued and taken into account of. yeah um but it, but as far as it goes in like the artistic value of it i think it's i think it's there and it's something that um really really connected with me yeah in the representation aspect of it as well yeah seeing all these black and brown people on a stage you know yeah. doing it yeah was inspiring and and you know becoming very successful from it too mm-hmm. um you know the first time i ever heard of it uh, uh i love spotify and spotify will just make a playlist for me every week you know of new stuff that's come out mm-hmm. and there was this random song from hamilton sung by or rapped by leslie odom i think he was singing in it too mm. and i was like who is leslie odom <laughs> what is Hamilton? And then I was like, I just kind of briefly looked into it and I was like, oh, this is dope. Like they're doing like all black, you know, or all brown and POC. And and so I was like, this is this is dope. And then I just kind of left it at that because I'm not a big musical fan, you know, and then kind of came back to Fair. it. And um, I've been really getting into um, these like pop culture critics on YouTube, um, like T1J and, and, uh, Khadijah Bo and, and Signifier, they make amazing videos about just like random stuff in, in mostly black culture or around black culture. Um, and, and Fique the Signifier talked about 
Hamilton and kind of everything you just mentioned of like, this is amazing, the hip hop references and everything else that go into it and having all these black people and and everything else. But also, you know, (laughs) why are we telling this story this way? Um, So I just wanted to get your opinion because, you know, you being in that field and, and, and obviously being a black man and having those own experiences to draw from, I was just curious kind of what you thought about that. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And are you are you able to talk about the the project you're working on now? Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, I'm currently in Atlanta. I'm at the uh, the Tony Award winning Alliance Theater, yeah. um, where we're doing. Um, it's called the New Black Fest. Hands up, seven playwrights, seven testaments. Okay. Um, and this is sort of the Atlanta premiere of this play. It's the uh, biggest production uh, of it, I believe, in, in the country that so far. And it is basically seven stories by these seven different voices. That's awesome. Um, yeah, being put together. Uh, this was written um, after the death of, of Michael Brown. Okay. And this play was commissioned and sort of got these these voices and their different sort of opinions on different aspects of what it means to be black, what it means to uh, live in a world um, in which there's a target on your back in mm-hmm. most cases. Yeah. Um, so each piece sort of, uh, analyzes that, um, in a very human way, mm-hmm. I, I would say just across different ages, different, um, sexual orientations, different genders, um, and just what that means, uh, for these people. Uh, yeah. And yeah. So, uh, you know, as an actor, are you in each of the plays? Like, is it kind of like, uh, the same cast does, does each single one or? Yeah, yeah. So the whole thing is basically it's it's all one play. It's about oh, okay. ninety minutes long. Yeah, yeah. But it, there's like these seven uh, vignettes gotcha. that have been woven together. Okay. And yes, I'm I'm in each one. Um, I serve sort of ensemble duties in the ones uh, that I don't lead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am uh, in this uh, one one particular piece. Um, it's, it's pretty much a twenty minute monologue that I deliver. Dang. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is a it's a letter. It's it's a letter to. Yeah. Um, this to this idea. I'm writing a letter to an idea okay. because um, in the story, my dad uh, told me that babies um, are ideas that have been born. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm writing um, a letter to my unborn son. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's awesome. And just giving giving them lessons about you know what what life is like and kind of you know what to do. That's some Tupac shit right there. Oh yeah, <laughs> Dude, I love Tupac. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, I'm also a big Tupac fan, yes. Yeah. No, that's so cool. I mean, it's just such a – like that's one thing I think – I you know, I listen to you say – talk about these things like um, this play. And that's like – I'm like I, I kind of want to – like I want to go see that. You know what I mean? But I'm just – I've never really been one to go see shows. Like people are like, oh, my God, I want to watch this show. And I'm like, yeah, it seems cool, I guess. But it's just never been my thing. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, so, so many of – of those stories are so important and um god there's a uh, been like the soundtrack has come out the new movie that came out is that uh, dear evan hansen oh dear evan hansen yes yeah um which i learned also was a broadway play um yeah yeah <laughs> but i was like but i'm not in the same thing i'm not a very like even musical movies unless it's like a disney movie right or that's pretty much it uh yeah. <laughs> the only time i'm like yeah i listen to this is dope or watch this but yeah but that, i was like that story you know dealing with depression and dealing with loneliness and dealing with those things and you know the singing aspect of it and having you know very good vocalists in it like that appealed to me 
in a way that a lot of other plays haven't appealed to me yet. The story you're telling about, you know, these plays that you're doing or this play that you're doing appeals to me, just that aspect of, you know, blackness and, and everything that goes into that. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, like a lot of the things uh, for me, I feel like I feel I, I'm not necessarily interested in something unless I can see some aspect of myself in it yeah. or if there's something that really intrigues me I can about, understand. Uh, yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's me with, a, with with about anything as well. Um, so finding uh, finding those things that um, that you connect with is, is important. Um, but it's always not readily available, which is something that sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like I wish that the, the most popular, uh, the most popular things in the world featured, you know, faces like us, people yeah. like us and just things that we can really engage with. Um, but when you find those things, you know, that's, that's, they're like diamonds, you know, you just, mm-hmm. you just treasure them and you, yeah. you really fall into those things. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, you're right. I mean, there really isn't enough of it. And, uh, I mean, that's why, you know. I talk about it all the time, but representation is just so important, um, you know, to be able like, you know, that's such the, you know, the first time I, I went to Atlanta, I was just blown away because oh, I had never seen yeah. that many black people in my life. I was like, this is wild. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and I went to go visit my uncle in Savannah, Georgia. And where he lived, like he lived like off a golf course, he, you know, he did pretty good for himself. And so like, there wasn't a lot of black people in that town, but he took me to, a barbershop, which was like my first Southern black barbershop experience. And I was just like, this is, this is too crazy. <laughs> I don't know how to deal with this. Um, Yo, those are, that's, they're like their own little pocket planes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, like for sure. Places. Yeah. Um, but oh it, you're, it's, God. you're right. I mean, it's just so, so crazy. And I mean, I was 16 at the time. You know what I mean? I went my whole 16 years of not ever having that, you know what I mean? Cause like, I didn't grow up around black people and we couldn't afford to go to any barbershop anyway. You know what I mean? My mom coming here. Mm-hmm. So it was just one of those things of just like, this is just the craziest, coolest experience to, to be able to see it and, and, you know, live it even for a moment. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, those, you know, doing what you're doing and stuff like that. It's so, it's so cool. I'm glad that you're getting to do projects like that, that actually, you know, it seems like it means a lot to you, so I think it's awesome that that you're able to do that. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, I'm, I'm very jazzed by it. You know, I mean, the honestly, the sort of the I, I anticipate that the the primary audience of this will be, you know, sort of like the older white crowd. Yeah. Um. So I feel like telling these stories, you know, even even in those spaces, is important to just show a different point of view mm-hmm. of you know what a lot of people are used to. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I'm all about opening those lines of communication. You know what I mean? And yeah. just looking at, at, you know, at what someone else is going through and what, what, what life is like for them. And yeah. that understanding is something that I think is important. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited to really show this, <laughs> you know, not just black people who will, who, who will love the shit out of this. Yeah. I, I, I know it, um, but just, but, but everybody. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And, you know, to kind of take it back to, to games, um, you know, what, uh, do you find yourself still playing like Call of Cthulhu the most now? I know you were on a, 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 pa- a Paizo stream. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like last week or the week before, right? Um, um yeah, I did, uh, about, yeah, t- t- 10 weeks of, uh, Pathfinder with the creator, uh, yeah. Jason Bullman. Um, 
uh, that was I had never played Pathfinder before yeah. that, and yeah, the community definitely let me know, that, you know, <laughs> what what I was doing wrong. But I adjusted. Yeah. I, I I came into it. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say Call of Cthulhu is what I played the most, and I play in other places other than yeah. Spot Hidden. Yeah. Yeah, Spot Hidden is uh, actually streaming right now as we're, as we're recording this. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're doing like a little one-shot tonight. Nice. Um, but I've also had the uh, chance to play on the official Chaosium yeah. um, you know, stream uh, for several one-shots with people like um, Alexander Ward, um, Cynthia Marie, uh, uh, who else? Josephine McAdams, so these like great yeah. um, LA by Night cast members yeah. and and uh becca scott and becca scott um i i owe a lot to becca scott um she kind of really uh helped usher me into this community okay um obviously she's like a big name in call of yeah, Cthulhu. For sure um and when i was just like you know really getting really getting into this and trying to figure out how to start spot hidden i reached out to her and she was just very gracious and just just sort of welcomed me in in the fold uh that's awesome and really gave me some you know some some good advice and yeah um so I'm very, very, very gracious to her. Did um, you know I'm her awesome. before then, or I did not know. Just, oh, yeah. just all through the community. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, um, I'm, I'm on uh, Stream of Blood a lot. Yeah, it's ran by yeah, yeah. It's run by comedian Jared Logan. Yes. Um, yeah. he's a wonderful guy, and they do some great Call of Cthulhu over there with the Neptune Society. So I'm on that stream as well as um, some of the other things they do. Um, but 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 yeah, I just. <laughs> That's that's my go to game, and I, I I really, I really I really love that game. <laughs> yeah, hey man, that's cool though. Like you know, especially to only have started doing this, like really join the community. What in twenty twenty? Yeah, twenty twenty. To be yeah, able sure. to like to be all over the place, you know, like that's that's such a wild. <laughs> seems like a wild experience to me, you know. But it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 been it's been cool. It's, yeah. it's been really cool. Um, I, I just think it's all just like. It's just it's just a passion. I'm just like yeah. hungry to play games. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was gonna say yeah that, and then uh, obviously you're very very talented. Um, but you know, I, I think because there there are some people, I hope that listen to this that probably haven't jumped into even a podcast yet, or you know, done a stream and stuff like you know, what advice would you give to somebody um, who wants to do you know what you do in the sense of like jumping on a bunch of different things and getting involved in the community. Yeah, yeah. So what I would say is to make your own thing, mm-hmm. create your own thing, and you know, just educate yourself on how to do that um, in, in a way that's true to you. You know, yeah. um, so th- there's all this free content on YouTube about how to um, create an overlay, how to plug in your Windows from Zoom into that, yeah. how to um, Something you know, like putting in a putting in a stream key from Twitch. How to set up a Twitch account? Yeah. Um, definitely use all those resources and make your own stream or make your own podcast through something like Anchor, if you would like to. Yeah. Um, you know, j- just don't wait for someone to give you an opportunity. Create it for yourself. Yeah. Um, and you know. I know, I know that you've done that, you know, with this podcast yeah. as well, you know, taking that step and making your own thing. That's, that's the best advice I can give you is just don't wait on it. Just, j- just do it. And, and as you do that, you'll find people that are also doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's how I found like Mayday. Like we yeah. were both coming, coming out at the same time. Yeah. Um, these, and, and 
there was a great connection we made there. Um, all just because we were new and hungry and just just really wanting to 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 make something. So just 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 go for it. Advice. Yeah, just, just go for it. Yeah, make yeah. it yourself. Yeah. No, I, you know, that, and it really is true. Um, you know, I talked about making a podcast probably almost a year before I actually started doing it. Um, mm. And initially it was just like, I wanted to do an actual play with my friends because um, I just love playing the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and as time went on and, you know, I'm a father, um, you know, I have three kids. So obviously my own schedule is tough. And then, you know, you throw in, you know, two, three more adults who also have uh, lives of their own and trying to get people to plan together and everything else is, it's tough. Um, mm-hmm. And so the other aspect of it was just like, well, I, I love meeting people and doing one-on-one conversations and just learning about them. You know what I mean? Like my favorite, like I can just watch interviews on YouTube all day just cause I think it's just so mm-hmm. cool to like, you know, whoever this person is, like maybe, you know, maybe they listen to your podcast. They're like, well, who is London? You know what I mean? Um, and it's like, this is your chance to maybe obviously not know them completely, but you get to learn some things about that person, which is just, you know, you wouldn't be able to otherwise unless you met them, um, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think it's just such a, a fun thing. So that was kind of my inspiration to do this. But, yeah, it, it really is about just, you know, putting yourself out there and, and kind of going for it, um, you know, and you have to just kind of DM some people and expect not to get an answer back <laughs> sometimes. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. Or sometimes Becca Scott will just, you know, message you back and help you get into it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, who knows? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, you know, just – just reach reach out to people, you know what I mean? If, like, there's someone – but not in a way where, like, oh, I – not in like a hungry way of like, oh, I, I, I need I like that like you need something from them. That's yeah. not really a way to really approach anybody, you know. Just, yeah. Just be you. Just be a person. You know. Just yeah. be genuine. Respectful, yeah. Polite. Yeah. <laughs> Respectful and genuine. Yeah. You know, and yes, <laughs> it makes a big difference. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I mean, that's one thing I got from. I don't know if you listen to like Gary V mm-hmm. or anything. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Like that's one of his things of just like you know, send out those DMs, make that make that first step, um, reach out and just just see what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to, I mean, obviously, you know, acting seems like your passion. Um, you know, do you feel like if you had the opportunity to like turn TTRPGs into a career would you take that opportunity do you feel like or would you still want to always be involved in acting in oh i definitely would all oh sorry so i didn't yeah, mean to no, jump on your question there yeah uh yeah oh like yeah i'd always like to definitely be involved in acting um tv movies yeah. uh plays that's something i always want to have but yeah. i also would love to have um this this tabletop career as well yeah um uh, i haven't really delved into the world of, of game design much, but it's something that's always been just moving around in my head. I yeah. have all these ideas yeah. and these things that just, I would love to get down on the paper. Um, if I can just sit down and just, just, just get that out. So, yeah. um, I definitely would love to, to do that one day. Yeah. Um, as well. Yeah. You know? so, that's awesome. Well, yeah. I, you know, I think that, it, you know, there obviously is still space for that. You know what I mean? Because, um, if you look at, you know, how many game developers, have even like lead designers that are black or people of color right and then Mm -hmm. of the ones that are all poc i only know of one and that's into the motherlands 
you know, with Tanya DePass and mm-hmm. B. Dave and all those guys. So, um, you know, but that being said, like, there's still space for for more of us to come into that and and do something because there's there's always going to be people like you and I who are looking for those games, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Tanya created a whole Twitter off of that of just like I need diverse games and you know turned it into a whole thing. And so, um, but there's a lot of people out there that are like that too, you know, that want to see themselves represented. Um, you know, I don't know because you got to play some Pathfinder 2E. Did you get it? Um, expose it all to the Moenga Expanse book that they put out and anything like that? I did not. Yeah, I'm familiar with it, but um, we were basically promoting uh, the Secrets of Magic book that just came gotcha. out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like playing um, the new Magus class for 2E. Nice. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I've seen that book um, and I would like to delve into it and, you know, to see. What's yeah. I mean, such a cool experience to just see like black dwarves, you know what I mean? Black elves, mm. like black yeah. halflings, like Oh, my have mind you is. To, oh my! Have you yeah, to three, three I love, black halflings. Yeah, I love three black halflings. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about. I think it was their convo with a. It might have been with Matt Mercer where they were just like talking about how hard they struggled. Yeah. to find a picture of a black halfling. Yeah. So when <laughs> and I, they found that one to like Lando Calrissian or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when I got the book, I actually, I actually sent them a picture. Like they, they don't follow me on Twitter. I don't know them. I'm not like associated with them. I would love to work with them for the record, but I've. They don't know who I am, but I did send them a picture on Twitter, just like talk about three black halflings. And I took pictures of three different halflings from the book and they're just so gorgeous. Like the books are amazing. And they're like, well, is that Pathfinder? And I'm like, yeah, switch systems. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try new systems, you yeah. know, other than, other, other than D&D, you yeah. might find something you like. Did you like Pathfinder after, you know, getting ran through it by the, by the fans? Uh. Yeah, I, I did. It's it's a different experience. It's a you know you have to, your brain has to work in a in a different way if you're used to five e. Yeah. Uh, but once you get into that, you know it's 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 engaging. Yeah. Um, I do I do like technical uh, games once I can you know kind of get into it. Yeah. Um, but having a little a few more moving parts is something that I that really engages me and I really really I really liked about Pathfinder two e. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fun system. That's my main system for my home game. And, oh, awesome! Uh, yeah, and and I really do enjoy it. Um, and it didn't really take a lot. Like once you kind of figure out, like okay, yeah, like you said, the action economy is different. I have yeah, to learn yeah. some conditions, right? But there's so many resources and and stuff like that's the world we live in now. Like you can literally just go on the internet and find whatever you need, right? Yeah, yeah. Archives of Nethys is yeah. is like is like uh, brilliant for yes. that. Just yeah, quick Google search. Yep. Yeah, and you know, or or. I don't really understand the rules. And then Reddit can just like, people will help you break it down. Like this is what it means. And, you know, um, so there's so many things like that, but yeah. You know, what, uh, what other games do you want to try that you haven't um, had a chance yet? Yeah. yeah. So um, Massive, uh, uh, who does Lancer, they're working on a, a game called Icon. Okay. Um, which is, it's, it's in playtest right now. It's not published or anything. Um, but it's very akin to like, um, I would say Final Fantasy. I'm a big Final Fantasy oh, okay. fan. Yeah, yeah. And the whole sort of aesthetic of it is very akin to Final Fantasy. It's okay. like this like mythic fantasy world that's very inspired by JRPGs, by anime, yeah. and that kind of stuff. I would love to play that game. Um, there's the new uh, Power Rangers RPG that's that's coming out soon. Nice. 
huge Ranger fan. Yeah. Bro. And I love Super Sentai and all that shit yeah. and Common Rider. You know, like <laughs> I am a fucking nerd for that. Yeah. And I love it. Um, I would love to play that. Um, there's a couple more Sentai games I really want to play. Um, Glitter Hearts is, is a game that I that I want to dive into. Kind of a magical girl, okay. Sentai-ish as well. Yeah. Um, what else? There's this. I'm sure that I'm sure there's other things. Um. Have you played um, Delta Green yet? I have not because played it's so Delta close Green. to Call of Cthulhu. I was curious about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was like a it's just like a campaign setting yeah, of yeah. COC that kind of branched off. Yeah. Um, I haven't played in that setting yet, but um, I really would like to as well. Yeah, uh, maybe with Mayday. I hopefully. know. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, I told Allegra. <laughs> you're I was, listening. Yeah. Right. No. There. Um. But yeah. Um. I was gonna say. Uh, I told Allegra I was going to ask you if you could run Bay and I through uh, um, some Call of Cthulhu because I haven't got to play yet. So I'm down. Yeah, I would love to. But yeah, I would love to. But then we also need to get them to run us through some some uh, <laughs> uh, Delta Green. Yeah. So. I actually there's there's a Delta Green scenario that I really want to run. I have I have the Delta Green thing that I would run picked yeah. out already. Yeah, I picked it out a year ago and I've read through it a million times and I. Need an opportunity to do it. Hey, man. You just let me know when. Let's get it going. Yeah. Yeah. No, Delta Green's a a really cool one. There's there's a lot. um, And there's so many, like, you know, especially um, IPs from other places, kind of like you're talking about, like, with the Power Rangers. But, like, The Witcher is a game I really want to play. Dragon Mm. Age has a game. Um, Aliens are, you know, the movie Aliens has a game. Oh yeah, I played in a I played in a, a campaign of that game actually oh, uh, yeah. with the Initiative Order. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. What was that like? I love that system. Yeah. That system is so cool, bro. Um. I like. I wanted to take pieces of it and incorporate it in like Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. And I've actually even done that in my D and D group. I took pieces of that system. Okay. And put it in Five E. Yeah. 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 There's. Yeah. I, I love it. There's some things about it that I'm like, you know, there and there's so many different systems too. Like the D100 system makes sense to me. Right, because it's like mm-hmm. it's a percentage. Like you're this skilled, you have this percentage to do something. Um, I love D twenties, right? So you know it's hard to give up mm-hmm. a D twenty when you just like. Well, I mean, that's the best dice to roll. Um, yeah. But but yeah, the D one hundred system makes sense. But I do like you know dice pools and and things like that. Like um, and you know how many successes you get determines different things. And um, have you, you know, because it's such a big role play game, have you had the chance to do vampire or werewolf, any of those games? I have not had a chance to play any of those either, uh, yeah. yet. Yeah. yeah. I know a lot of people that do and a lot of people that love those games. Yeah. Um, but just, you know, waiting for the, the, the right time, the perfect opportunity to play. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're all over the place. I'm sure somebody's going to pick you up to do it. So. <laughs> yeah um I, I i almost jumped on this one um i believe it was a mage game um but just wasn't able to with the time commitment but uh yeah i'm hoping for, for for something to come and maybe i should just run one myself maybe i should just pick up the book and read it and get it together that's the tough part you become the forever dm you know what i mean you're <laughs> you get stuck you're like i have all Honestly, these friends in the damn community somebody needs to run this game for london <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm okay with that with, with being the DM. Like yeah. that's that's where I had the most fun for okay. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Fun, yeah. Do do you so do you like it because you get to be more stuff or like what, you know, what to, what's the draw for you when it comes to being the DM? Mm, um 
That's an interesting question. I've never, I've never thought about it. What is, wh- why do I like that so much more than being a player? Is it the storytelling aspect of it? It, it might be. Um, I don't want to say it's the control because that sounds yeah, like a right. domineering <laughs> answer. The control. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it would be the storytelling aspect um, of coming up with something and not knowing what the people you present it to are going to do with it. Yeah. And then having to adapt to that. Yes. Because I really like games where no matter what I had planned before, what what you bring to the table is valid yep. and important and will shape everything. Yeah. So I love having a part in weaving those things together, especially these seemingly disparate things. Yeah. If I can weave those together, it's it's just so much fun for me. So yeah. maybe having, you know, the most opportunities to do that um, is what draws me to the GM DM chair. Yeah. And you know, I, I get it. I love being a player too, but also <laughs> like I know as a player, I'm very much like, all right, you know, I need like I need this elaborate backstory because I just want to tell this story. You know what I mean? I need this elaborate backstory. Mm-hmm. Like, or it would be so cool if this happened in the future. Like planning as if I was going to DM my own character into this oh, situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And as a DM, you get to do that. You get to be like, all right, cool. Like, you know, this is something my players will never expect, right? Or, or this is a twist that could have a very big emotional impact. You know what I mean? Something that I could do for my players or, um, you know, you can plot the villain coming in and, and, you know, creating this scene, um, you know, of betrayal or excitement or whatever it is like out of nowhere. So it's so cool to like, to be able to tell those stories and to add to that and to get those reactions from your players of like, like, yeah, this is, this is a fun experience, right? Like, we all came to hang out Saturday night, but like I walked away, like I can't sleep now. Cause I'm so wrapped around this, like what the fuck happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me. Um, I put together a group of these, uh, of six guys that never played D and D before, but you okay. know, all wanted to. Yeah. Um, and I took one sort of just throwaway thing. One of them said he was playing with Goliath. Um, and he mentioned, in this little homebrew world that I just made just for the session. Yeah. Um, something about the Goliath Wars, how he's a veteran of these Goliath Wars. Yeah. And that was all he said about it. And then I'm like, that's intriguing. Yeah. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a major part of this. Yeah. And so like I had to come up with what that is, why these Goliaths are fighting, and you know, making this a, a part of the world that mattered. Yeah. And that was connected to that guy yeah and it was all off of some some bullshit he made up because he didn't know what a goliath was yeah <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i love it yeah i mean it's such a cool thing you know do do you do writing yourself whether screenwriting um, or anything like that um i do like a little bit of writing nothing serious nothing published yeah most definitely not <laughs> um but it, but yeah I, I like getting words out on, on onto the page and um mostly for myself though you yeah. know um yeah. Yeah. No, I got you. Yeah. I definitely, I, I think, you know, it's something I want to do eventually, but for sure, that's always been a part of who I am. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's just always writing stuff down, you know, being so involved in like fantasy fiction and everything as a kid, you know, just that's all I consumed really. And then watch TV, you know, play video games. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just such a, a cool thing. And I think it, it lends itself to, to being a DM or a GM or whatever, like, to have that ability to be like, 
okay, I can see pieces now, like you said. Breadcrumbs you left that you didn't even know you left. You didn't even know you're eating that bread. And, yep. <laughs> and we're going to make something out of this. So, yeah. yeah, that's such an awesome thing, man. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's just so cool. Um, well, I think that's probably where we'll end it tonight. But, you know, I really appreciate you coming on, man. This has been such a fun time, and I've I definitely enjoyed this. Oh, yeah, me too. Thank you so much for in- inviting me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, can't wait to run a game for you in the future. Yeah. Uh, that'll be very fun. For sure. Um, but, yeah, it just I, I love talking about, you know, this stuff. I love meeting new people, and so glad I got to do that with you tonight. Yeah. Thanks to you too, man. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at secretnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show, and if you like, leave a review to help us grow this thing. 